everybody. It's uh, 73 degrees right now where I am. I don't know what it is in Seattle this morning. I know it's not 73. Uh, I usually be out walking in the morning, but I'm out walking right now. I'm in Tampa, Florida. This is David Donkey in Tampa, Florida. Uh, I'll explain why in a minute, but it's, it's back for a short visit here to a, uh, to a place that uh, is exhibit A for the ways in which the fight to vote plays out in America and the battle that is that, it, that we're in myth that we're in mesh and meshed in um it's 8 30 a.m eastern time so 5 30 a.m seattle time and uh exhibit a florida that's the name of this podcast i uh i'm here because i'm it's a spring break coming up here for the Seattle Public Schools and my son who's 13 and in uh, seventh grade. And I have done a couple baseball road trips over the years where we've gone to major league games and um, visited stadiums. It's uh, one of the ways that we connect as he gets older. He doesn't always want to hang out. Actually, he doesn't ever want to hang out with uh, with me or his mom, uh, Lisa, but, uh, but there are these things that he does love. And one of them is to go on a road trip, which, you know, that comes straight from me. I, I'm proud of that. Um, and to go to baseball games. Um, and I like that too. So it's one of the ways that we, uh, we, we, we spend time together and, uh, it's a, it's a thing we budget for, and then we uh, we go do. So this is this is day one. We flew yesterday from Seattle to Tampa, and we're going to spend oh about sixteen hours here um, from last night from arrival through this morning. We're going to go to the beach, and then tomorrow morning. I mean, then uh, late, uh, later today we're going to go to a baseball game. The Tampa Bay Rays, who went to the World Series last year, versus the New York Yankees who are their dreaded, hated rivals. And there's tons of New Yorkers, of course, in Florida. So uh, it should be fun. There'll be a good crowd, which is really going to be like 20% maximum of the stadium. But it will be fun. So, you know, one of the things that I'm really committed to is making sure that, uh, that we have fun along the way as we're doing this really hard work, this essential work for democracy. And... Uh, I really want to um, have a chance to spend some time with my son and also to uh, to get my soul refilled a little bit here with him. So that's why we're here today and then we're going to move along and I'll, I'm going to try to podcast each day from, um, from this experience because we're going to be going through a lot of states where there's voting issues. Florida, Exhibit A. So uh, Florida in 2000, you might recall, had the, uh, the horrible uh, hanging chads all the way to the Supreme Court controversy about voting. And that was a kickstart for the voter suppression movement that is now in full bloom in America. 
Republicans uh, realized in that election that the uh, the fewer people who vote, the better off they are. And they knew that and had been working towards that, but they took it, they, they went public with it in that election in 2000. And they ended up going all the way to Supreme Court to stop the ballot recounting across the state, which had shrunk to a lead for George W. Bush of about 530 votes. Um, but they, they stopped the ballot recounting in the state, arguing that there was no consistent method of determining whether or not ballots should be counted. No consistent method from county to county. Um, and the Supreme Court ruled five to four that the uh, Secretary of State, Kathleen Harris, had the ability to make that decision and to do that. That it was an unfair, um, that there was not equal protection of the laws to voters. It was a monumental decision that, of course, ushered George W. Bush into the presidency. In that moment, the Republicans that were there to advocate for Bush included behind the scenes John Roberts, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. All three of them behind the scenes working as lawyers for the Bush campaign and being consulted for legal expertise about how to stop the vote recounting. Bush would repay Roberts by appointing him three years later as president to the Washington District Court of Appeals and then to naming him Supreme Court Chief Justice in 2005. He's been joined, of course, by Kavanaugh and um, Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. But it all can be traced back to a confluence of them in this state. I'm walking down the street here in Tampa. Beautiful, sunny day. But I just have all these feelings, all these feelings about Florida. And so I've tried to work them through over the years. Uh, with common power. In 2018, we invested heavily in the state to try to elect Andrew Gillum to be the state's first African-American governor and who would have been the nation's second African-American governor. And Gillum fell 30,000 votes short to the worst governor in the country today, Ron DeSantis. We tried to elect in 2018, re-elect Bill Nelson, U.S. Senator, a sitting incumbent Democratic Senator. He lost to Rick Scott, then sitting incumbent Republican Governor. Scott won by 10,000 votes. Scott is today the head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which means that he oversees, he supervises, he guides the re-election campaigns and the election campaigns for all Senate candidates in 2022. In Florida, while governor, Scott stopped a system 
of returning voting rights to formerly incarcerated citizens. He stopped a system that had been in place previous to him. Charlie Crist, as governor, had been signing um, restoring voting rights to formerly incarcerated, which is the way it had to be in the state. The governor had to restore them. Crist had restored them um, and had done that to 500,000 Floridians. Scott, in eight years of governorship, restored them to a couple dozen people. That's it. And those voters who, because of our racial criminal legal system, overwhelmingly men of color, they did not regain the right to vote under Scott. Scott wins the vote, the election by 10,000 votes in a system that he had rigged for himself. He had refused to allow returning citizens to vote and Scott wins re-election. This is how the system works, people. This is what we're trying to stop, the voter suppression. We're trying to overcome it. Also in 2018, though, we had a massive victory. Amendment 4 was the amendment that was put on the popular initiative for the state, which would restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated citizens, people who had served their time in incarceration and had been released. Several studies have shown that restoring voting rights and full civil rights to formerly incarcerated people is massively important to them becoming um, full, full participants in our society. It, it, it's part of the way that someone is an American citizen is having the right to vote. They're far less likely to to again cross paths with the legal system. They're, they're, they are likely to feel and to gain entry to our civic space. Amendment 4 was built upon that body of research. It set out the rule that people formerly incarcerated would regain the right to vote upon completion of their time in, in, in incarceration. We helped to get that passed in this state. We worked right here in the Tampa and St. Petersburg area, uh, mobilizing voters for Gillum, for Nelson, and for Amendment 4. Um, the way that initiatives work, popular ballot initiatives work in the state of Florida, you need to get 60% yeses in order for it to pass. Not just 50% plus one, but you got to get 60% plus one. That's a high bar. We got 64 point, I think, 7% yes to pass Amendment 1. We passed it. We got it done. I, I have a couple yard signs from Amendment 1 at home. I have a couple t-shirts from our work fighting for Amendment 1. It restored voting rights legally to roughly one and a half million Floridians who have been formerly incarcerated but have been denied the right to vote 
under a law passed in 1868 during Reconstruction, which had been put into place to remove voting rights to people convicted of felonies. The law had been created to bar felony conviction folks from voting. And then the system was set out to arrest and convict African-Americans as part of the white supremacy that took over or re retook over after the Civil War. Amendment 4 ended that law. Restored voting rights to one and a half million Floridians. A mountaintop victory for us. Exactly what we fight for. And then Republicans swooped in and curtailed it. The state legislature uh, put a bracketing law around it, which said that, yeah, you have the right to vote now, but there's this additional layer of having to pay your fees in the legal system before you can vote. And they said, you have to pay all fees that you've accrued with the legal system before you can vote. That's problematic for two ways, reasons. One, um, many people don't have the money to pay those fees. And two, the, Kelo, uh, the uh, Florida legal system is not set up to calculate those fees easily for formerly incarcerated people. There might be fees in County A, in Pinellas County, where I'm at now, that are different than fees that someone might accrue in Palm Beach County. The system does not track it. The computer system does not sync. And so someone would not know what their fees are. The state cannot tell them what their fees are. It's very, very difficult. I know this sounds crazy, batshit crazy, but it is true. And so when the legislature passed the law saying that, you had, that people formerly incarcerated had to pay all their fees before they could vote, it was challenged in the federal court. It was challenged, first of all, in the state court. State court, uh, state Supreme Court said, nope, this is fine. The legislature can do this. It was then challenged in a federal civil rights case. The case originally was ruled on by one federal judge to have been unconstitutional <coughs> by Florida. But then when it went to the full circuit court, full district court, all, I believe, nine judges, very conservative district court, they ruled against the plaintiffs. And so the law stands. The law stands that in Florida, if you are formerly incarcerated, you do have the right to vote, but you also have to pay your fees before you can vote. You got to have the money. You got to know how to navigate the system. And you somehow have to get the information from the state about how much you owe. It's very, very complicated. Had we been able to win the governorship in 2018, Andrew Gillum could have vetoed that bill. That's where those elections matter so much. Ah, oh, it's just, it, that just gnaws me, just rips my gut out thinking about it. We came back in 2019 in Common Power and registered voters doing our best in the system. We registered several hundred voters. We came back in 28, 2020 uh, 
in the in February registered more voters and then works remotely in the state, including right here in Pinellas County to try to elect a state legislator who is running against the architect of that state bill, that Republican state bill. She ran against the architect. Our candidate was Jessica Harrington. The architect of the bill, the Republican architect was, I believe, Jamie Grant. Grant actually uh, uh, resigned during the course of the campaign to take a job in the DeSantis administration. And Harrington ran against a new candidate and that candidate did defeat Harrington, did win in 2020. In, you know, Florida was a tough state for the Dems in 2018 and 2020. It might be the state that's done the most heartbreaking for the Dems in 2018 and 2020. Just narrowly losing in 2018 at the Senate and the governorship, passing Amendment 4 and then having Republicans bracket the right to vote. And then in 2020, uh, Trump won convincingly in the state. And the Republicans won at the state level, holding serve. They also won a couple congressional House seats. It's a tough state for the Dems right now. There's things for them to figure out. There's a, a complicated mix of racial and ethnic uh, identities in the state among Latinx voters. Uh, there are white conservatives who are very Trumpy. Um, it's an old Ur state. It's a tough state for the Dems. We are paying close attention to it in terms of our potential engagement for 2022. There will be a governor's race. Marco, a governor's race. DeSantis will be up for re-election. He's, he's quite popular in the state. So that's a, a lift. That would not be an easy lift for us. There's a Senate race. Marco Rubio is up for re-election. There will be redrawn congressional and state house districts. That will be gerrymandered by the Republicans because they have control of the legislature and the governor's house. We're paying attention to all of that right now. We'll see how things unfold. Um, and we may well engage here in Florida. It is not one of our top seven focus states. We have selected seven states. Uh, we're calling them the CP7. We're going to be talking about these at an event on April 27th, about the rationale for the CP7. Um, those states are from east to west. A little smile and then with like an eye on top. The, the smile uh, starts on the, in the east in Virginia and then curls down through North Carolina and Georgia, comes across the country into Texas. Uh, across further to Arizona and then curls back up in Nevada. That's six of the seven states. And then there's an I at the top of the smile, which is Wisconsin. Those states are our seven of focus in 2022 and also long-term for common power. They are states that shift 
that are crucial to shifting the paradigm of voting rights in America. And we are all in. That was a motorcycle zooming by. Florida is not one of those seven, but it's part of a second tier of states that are going to be states that we may well engage in around an election cycle. Those states include Pennsylvania, uh, Florida, potentially Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio, Iowa, uh, New Hampshire in 2022, because there's an important Senate race there. So the first tier are states that we are going to be heavily committed to long term. The second tier are what we're going to call elections, elections, election centric engagement. Uh, Florida's in that tier and we're paying attention. We want to see how things unfold before we commit significant um, time and treasure. This is exhibit A though for voter suppression. Had we not had the voter suppression in this state, the blocking of formerly incarcerated people to vote, the refusal by Rick Scott as governor, the refusal to restore voting rights to people who had to come before the governor to appeal to get their rights back. Then we would have, I'm certain of it, a Republican, I'm sorry, a Democratic Senator in Bill Nelson. And we would have had probably a, a Democratic governor in Andrew Gillum who would have blocked a legislature bill that would that does now very heavily restrict formerly incarcerated people from voting, which then has massive ripple effects in the system in terms of the message sent to returning citizens. I can feel it all just being here. I can feel it in my gut. It is muggy as crap this morning. This is a very large state. It's the third highest population state. I'm sorry, the fourth highest population state in the country after California, New York, Texas. It's about to gain one, probably two electoral college votes. We cannot quit on Florida, but it's clear that there needs to be some leadership here in the state among the Dems that we can get behind. There needs to be a system that we can invest in substantially, a body of, of strategies. We're waiting to see that. This is day one of my baseball road trip, but there is no ability for me to go anywhere or think about any place in this country without thinking about voting rights. The fight to vote is the existential battle of our time. It is intertwined with racial justice, cannot be separated from it. We will be discouraged. We will not get what we want a lot, but we will not quit this battle. I'm going to enjoy the baseball game today. I got to. Mentally, I've got to be able to go into those places and have some fun. 
we will continue our fight to vote. Folks, it is April 10th, 2021. Florida's broken our hearts a number of times, but we still rise. We still stand up. Let's go to work, people.